Welcome to Christ Rehoboth Church, a place where we help people discover their purpose for living and raise kingdom people for global impact. Join us today as Reverend Kingsley Agu takes you deep into God's Word. And we began to examine relationship of the new creation. And we said many believers do not know how to go about these relationship or about uh, go about relationship in this new uh, creation you had a relationship before but now that you are born of God what is the new relationship how should I handle this relationship who is the believer in Christ to me anyone that is born of God who has overcome the world who is that believer to me? Anyone that has received the message of salvation, the message of Christ, and accept the message and confesses and believing in his heart, who is that believer to me? Glory to God. All right, let's get back to the scriptures where we are taking our roots. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Glory to God. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You are a new creation. All things are passed away. The things that tied you to the world, the law, they are passed away. You are a new creation. The previous verse drives it home. Verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yet though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Glory to God. So the moment you are born again, the way you see people changes. The way you see people changes. Your viewpoint about people changes. How you relate with people changes. Your way of reasoning changes. You don't reason in line with God's word. You reason in line with God's word. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. <clears throat> and that ye put on the new man... Which after God is created in righteousness and through holiness. Glory to God. So if you are in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. You have put on the new man. You have put on the new man. You have left the old conversation. Remember, I said the old conversation is the old life. How many of you remember that? That the old conversation is the old life. Now the question is, how did you become a new creation? How did you become a new creation? You became a new creation the moment you believed the word and you confessed the word. The word came to you by the mouth of a preacher. You heard the word, you believed the word, and you submitted yourselves. That is to say, therefore, anyone who hears the word, and reject or refuse to hear the word of God, that person is certified an unbeliever. Are we together? Church, are we together? So the moment you believe the gospel, you became a new creation. I want you to help me to say to someone, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. So the gatherings of the believers in Christ Rehoboth Church is a believer's gathering. 
is where believers come together. Those who have received the word, believe the word. We gather and we feed upon the word and we receive instructions. So we are a new creation. See how brother Peter will put it. He expatiated on this in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Praise God. He said, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Praise God. So the man who is born again is born of the Spirit. You are born of the Spirit. You are no longer recognized in the flesh. You are now known as the Spirit, a spirit being. Praise God. Because you are born again. You are born of the spirit. So you are of the spirit. Your nature is spiritual. Hear me? Your nature is spiritual. Hence, the world cannot define you. Your nature goes beyond the natural mind. It is spiritual. So the world cannot define you. Praise God. You are no longer of the natural viewpoint. No, you are the born again man. You are born. And so as you are born again, you are viewed as the son of God. How many of you are the sons of God here? How many of you are still growing to become the sons of God here? <laughs> Praise God. So you are the sons of God. First John 3, 2. First John 3, 2, very quickly. First John 3, 2. It says, beloved, now are we. Going to be. Now are we going to metamorphose into? Now are we going to translate? But it says, now are we the son of God? And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but what we know. I mean, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So the flesh, your body, should not give you, give you an explanation of your true self. Uh -uh. Your body, as it is right now, does not really or fully understand what your real self will look like. But on that day when he shall appear, you will see him as he is. And so when you see him as he is, that is how you see that you are. Glory to God. Are we communicating? So we are now the sons of God. You are a brand new species. A species that never existed before. You, you never existed. Once were you in this world. You were living in the world. Remember I stated a couple of Sundays ago. When we were in sin. We were the children of the devil. And so everyone that is not born again. It doesn't matter how close that relative is. Is the child of the devil. Because we were once the children of the devil. But the day we got born again, <laughs> the day we got born again, we became the children of light. We became the sons of God. You see, many people will say, since Christ died for the world, so everyone in the world is the child of God. That is not correct. Everyone is not the child of God. 
Yes, Christ died for the world, but it is those who accept that message of his death, his burial, his resurrection, his sanctification, his ascension, and his glorification are the children of God. So you are the sons of God. You were born into a family. That means the way you handle relationship now must differ from the way you handled relationship when you were in the world. Praise God. When you were in the world. Now that you are born again, you are born into a family. You are born into a relationship. A born again man is he that is born into a relationship. So you are born into a family. You are born into a relationship. Glory to God. Ephesians. Let's see Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 to 19. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 to 19. Do we have amplified version? If you can put that on the board for me. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 to 19. Glory to God. For through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. The household of God. The family of God. So you are no longer a stranger. You are no longer a stranger, neither are you a foreigner. You are a fellow citizen. Somebody say to someone, you are a fellow citizen. You are no longer a stranger. You are a fellow citizen and you are of the household of God. That means you are now a, a part of God's family. You are a part of God's family. So, a stranger, you know, in the light of a better explanation, you know, lack of a better explanation, a stranger could be a person in a place and everybody knows that this is not part of this place. But a fellow citizen means you are part and parcel of that family. You carry the culture of that family. You, you, you carry the ideologies, the DNA, the, 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 all the attributes that relate to a citizenship. That is what you carry. So everything that is made by God belongs now to the believer in Christ. He had blessed us with all spiritual blessings. So we are the fellow citizens. You are a fellow citizen. Glory to God. That means you were born into a family and you were born into a relationship. Do we have amplified? Let me read amplify. For it is through him that we both, whether far off or near, now have an introduction, access, by one Holy Spirit to the Father so that we are able to approach him. Next verse. That means there is a relationship. Next verse, 18. Therefore, ye are no longer outsiders, exiles, migrants, or aliens, excluded from the rights of citizens. But you are now, you now share citizenship with the saints. 
God's own people, consecrated and set apart for himself, and you belong to God's own household. So we share the same rights. Whatever right Christ has, the believer in Christ has. We share the same right in this, our relationship. So there is a household now. It is called the household of God. A household of God. Now, the household of God explains that we have a single parentage. It explains that we have a single parentage. When we are called the household of God, it means we have one parentage. We have a single parentage. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, we read 14 and 15. Are we together? 14 and 15. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I bow my knees of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. So there is a Christian family. The family is comprised of those that have gone before us to heaven. Those ones that died and are in heaven now are the family of God. And we that are still living on earth, we are the family of God. Whatever rights those ones who have gone to heaven now is enjoying the same right we on earth are enjoying. Glory to God. So the whole family means it is one family. Whether they've gone to heaven, whether they are still here on earth, it is one family. So when you got saved, you were saved into the family of God. No one got saved that was, that was saved into a church. I mean, there are different churches. There is Christ Rehoboth Church. There is Power City. There is Christ Embassy and all of that. But all these are a name. No one was born again into those names. But everyone is born into the family of God. So all those names all put together is one family of God. Are we together? Is one family of God. Whether you belong to, they belong to redeem, they belong to every denomination, all those families put together is what? One family. One family. Am I communicating here? We are one family. The family means that they receive the message of his death. They receive the message of his burial and they receive the message of his resurrection. As we are one family. Stay with me. Am I communicating here? We are one family. So we may have many churches. But we are one family. You are the family. We are the family that is headed by God. This family... This family, this family tree, this family is headed by God. So anyone who believes that message, what message? The message of his death, the message of his burial, resurrection, glorification, ascension, sanctification. Everyone that believes is not part of that message, of that family. 
And that is why he called us brethren. For Christ is not ashamed to call us brethren. It, the word brethren there in Greek actually means we are sharing a common parent. So if Christ calls us brethren, it means we have a common parent. Praise God. So it means myself and yourself, we now share a common parent. Are we together? Remember, know we no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. So we share a common parent. We are of the same family. You know, the Jewish folks used to use the word brethren. You will hear them say, men and brethren. Why? Because they share one father, one parent. That is Father Abraham. Praise God. I said, praise God. Because they all came from one father. They all came from one father who is Abraham. Glory to God. But you see, the Jewish practice as it relates to men and brethren was a shadow or types and shadow of what we now share in Christ. It's a type and shadow of what we now share in Christ. Please follow me. That means all of us came from Christ. So we are brothers and we are sisters in Christ. Key. We are brothers. Remember, you were born into Christ. In the earthly realm, you were born by different parents. But the moment you got saved, you are now a part and parcel of God's family. We now share one father, we share one mother. We share a single parent and we share that with Christ. So we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. So when I call you brother or sister, for example, I say brother Igbe, it is not a title. But it is an acknowledgement of who you are in Christ Jesus. So I call you brother because contextually, spiritually, in this new reality, you are my brother in Christ. Am I communicating here? Are we together? We are brothers and we are sisters in Christ. So you are born into a relationship. That is why in this new relationship, there is no need for a, a, a click. You know the word click? We are these ones we say we were friends before we entered church. We remain friends. So when this one is going to leave, we also live together. I mean, it's a show of immaturity. Are we together? Am I communicating here? We <laughs> are, <laughs> there, is no, there is no click. These are the people that I am used to. Let me stay used to them. No. You are now a part and parcel of that family of Christ. Everyone is your brothers and sisters. So when I come and say, Sister Busola, have you not noticed that I don't call people directly by their name? You've noticed it? I must call you either brother or sister. Including the little children, like uh, Brother Marvin in the house. who say, oh, Brother Marvin, how are you, brother? Why? Because we are of the same family. I am acknowledging your place in that family of Christ. 
You are now my brother. You are now my sister. There is no need for me to form a clique to go against a brother or a sister in church. You know, this is my clique. You see that brother or that sister, if I am not the brother's friend, this is our clique. Let's us also not be the brother's friend. In church, no. We are God's family. <laughs> you were born into a relationship. Glory to God. Am I communicating here? Hmm. So you were born into a family. We acknowledge one another as brothers and sisters. So, there is a relationship with the father and with the brethren. The word brethren is the word adephos, which is brothers and sisters. So, for me not to just be shouting brothers and sisters, let me use the word adephos. Praise God. We are adephos. So, there is a relationship that we now have. Do you know, if, for example... Myself and Mr. Igbe, I'm using you today for example. Permit me. If when we were in the world and we were enemies, we cannot stand and see each other without carrying wood two by four or stone to combat each other. The day I get saved and he gets saved, that enmity is thrown to the side and we embrace each other now as brothers and sisters in Christ. We forget about that whole thing. Eh? Ah, then we can, can I even become something we laugh with? Do you remember we almost killed ourselves that time? Why? We have a new family. We don't do things against our brothers and sisters. We are born of God. We have overcome the world. First John 1. Let's see what brother John has to say. First John chapter 1. Verse 1 to 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declared we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So, what we have heard, what we have believed, we share with you now. That you may have the same fellowship with us. So, there is a fellowship with the Father, with the Son, and with the brethren. That when we share this message with you and you believe, you come into fellowshipping with this family. So, we were enemies in the world, but as we enter into the world, we share fellowship. We don't carry enmity among ourselves, among brethren. Why? Because we have a common parent. We all have a common fellowship with the Father and with Jesus. 
We have a heritage that is the same. We are fellow heirs with Christ. We are brethren. We are brothers and sisters. We don't treat each other bad. How many of you know that when it comes to believers community like this, and anything relating to the world, we have to be partial when it comes to believers. We cannot throw a believer to the world. Uh, we have said it. I said it, this thing will catch up with them. The world people, you see now he's in jail or not. No, no, no. When it comes to the believer in Christ, we cover for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I still here communicating? Let's see, brother Peter. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. It means respect people, <laughs> but much more the brotherhood. Now, believers, hear me. The brotherhood there is not a secret cult. <clears throat> the brotherhood there is not a secret cult. However, that word was used to show a, that we are bonded and bound together in Christ. So when you look at a secret cult, you will see how they bond together. In a secret cult, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't do bad things to themselves. In fact, you may not have knowledge of a secret cult. I don't have knowledge. But the only knowledge I have is the one Hollywood shows. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you will see in those movies, <laughs> this one is saying, ah. You can't touch what belongs to this one. If you have touched it, you have violated the order of their whatever. <laughs> so, it uses the word brotherhood here to show the bond that we have together in Christ Jesus. It's not a bond that betrays one another. It's not a bond that backbite or backstab one another. This is the new relationship we have. He said we are of one body, the body of Christ. So, we come together for one another. We step in together for one another. Not when a brother or sister in touch or say, ha, see, see, they leg. Can you imagine the hair? She is putting on today. Hey, look, look, look at, they are not even praying well. Somebody is making a statement. <laughs> I have said it, it's sounding different. It's trying, it's trying to sound different. Pastor Paul said, run away from such. Even using Apostle Paul out of context. 
to be to honor the brotherhood of God or in Christ is to 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 know that other believers are your responsibilities. You, you can't be in your corner and say, ah, they are not growing. Leave them to their whatever. They are not growing. It is now your responsibility to make sure that other believer is growing. Am I communicating here? You don't lord your knowledge over, over a believer. And we are going to get to that soon. If, if, how many of you know if I'm to lord my knowledge over you? I will lose almost all of you. Because I will be speaking in some dimension. Is it dimension? <laughs> dimension. That you'll be wondering what is happening. People do no longer have respect for the family of God and they carry out their own agenda. No. In this family of God, we are brothers and we are sisters. I mean, you look at brother and say, say, you are not smiling too well today. What is happening? Brother Sammy is just relaxing his head. Everything will be fine. And you are praying with them. You, you, your brother and your sister is your responsibility. With a single focus. Am I communicating here? Can we have the amplified version of that uh, uh, verse? Amplified version. <laughs> Amplified. Amplified classic. Amplified. Okay, if we don't have that, we'll move. You have it? Okay. Uh-huh. You see, he says the Christian fraternity of which Christ is the head. Of which Christ. It doesn't mean this is a secret cult. Please, let me. <laughs> Before somebody now go and crop the video and say, you see, I've been saying it. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> he said you should have respect. Glory to God. So Christ is the one who sealed us all together. Christ seals us all together. So how are we brethren? We are brethren through salvation. So don't forget, anyone who has believed this message is now your brother and your sister. Let us examine something in Acts chapter 9. If you read from the preceding chapters, Chapter 7, 8, 9, you will hear of a fellow called Saul of Tarsus. I mean, Saul of Tarsus was a form of a supervisor who, when they are killing believers, they put off their clothes and put on his feet. There must be something about Saul's feet. They place something in his feet. Glory to God. It actually was a show that he is or was a supervisor. So when the killing is to happen, the, I mean, this guy, this guy was a terror to the, to the Christian hood. He was a terror to the household of God. This guy does not want to hear anybody mention Christ. The moment he hears that, what does he do next? Kill him. 
ekba, ekba, ekba. <laughs> Glory to God. Don't worry if you know, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we together here? All right. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 3. <laughs> Praise God. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, of this way means the Christian life. The Christianity is referred to as this way. Are we together? Jesus is the way. Amen. This way. Whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. <laughs> he was going to persecute the church. He was a terror. He was going to collect authorization to carry out mass killings. I mean, this guy was an enemy of the church. In today's world, if this guy was still living, the church in totality, except some of us that are Christocentric, will be praying for their death. I mean, we have heard of how a governor says something and a certain man stood up and said, the governor only said, for you to come and preach in my state, you will require a license. And the pastor stood up and said, you will die. So if Brother Paul was still in this present world, it will become the prayer point of many churches. Brother Paul, where are thou? Yet did to my voice. Oh, why are you still standing? Uh -huh. By fire, by fire. Father, they, are, they have been saying, ekba, ekba. Oh, brother Saul, ekba, ekba, ekba. <laughs> I think ekba means, for those of you who don't understand, crucify him, right? Or kill him. What does it mean? Kill him. It means kill him. <laughs> Praise God. It's not my language neither. <laughs> Praise God. But look at Galatians chapter 1 verse 13. For ye have heard of my conversation, that is my life, in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. So Paul persecuted the church of God and wasted the church. So Paul, Saul, can be termed the enemy of the church. He was killing Father, your word says, you who keep by the sword shall die by the sword. What is Brother Saul still waiting for? <laughs> Praise God. But let's go back now. It's going to be a long read. Acts chapter 9, verse, from verses 9. Acts chapter 9, from verses 9. And he was three days without sight, 
and neither did he did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. So he is now praying. And had seen a vision, so it has been revealed to him, a man named Ananias coming and putting his hand on him, that he might receive sight. You know, this, will, if I want to spend time on here, it will be a full service. Verse 13, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man. Now, take note here, <laughs> Ananias still don't believe. Ananias is thinking God is setting him up at this time. <laughs> Ananias. Ananias is saying, God, do you know many things I have heard concerning this man? Why was he referred to this man? Because he doesn't believe that this man has changed. In other words, could he be deceiving God? <laughs> God is not seeing it. <laughs> Praise God. I have heard of many about this man. How much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Now, I'm thinking that as brother Saul was persecuting the church, I am thinking the believers were praying for the salvation of his soul. Though they were afraid. I am thinking. I am thinking. So just keep that thought. Praise God. <laughs> then in verse 14. And here he had authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me. You see God here, he didn't look at the things brother Saul has done. He is looking at the assignment he has crafted out for brother Saul. He said he is a chosen vessel to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Praise God. In verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul. Now remember, Ananias called him before this man. Because he didn't know that this man has changed. He has received. He, 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 his old man is gone. But the moment he was convinced in his heart, he now says, you, we, we, we now share the same parenting. We share the same parenting. So I am not going to treat brother Saul in the way I used to see. So he is now my brother. So he said, brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way thou hast, um, um, uh, thou camest. 
has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So the word to persecute there that was mentioned is to bring difficulty or opposition to someone. So brother Paul brought oppositions. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So why did Ananias call him brother? Because he believed. Because he believed. He is now a new man. He is now born of God. So calling brother so brother means you are now my brother in Christ. Now let's go back to verse 3 of that same chapter. Verse 3. And he sojourned, I mean he journeyed. He came, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? <laughs> this is Christ asking Paul, Saul, why he was persecuting him. Question, did Saul actually go to Christ where Christ was to persecute Christ? How did Paul, Saul persecute Christ? He persecuted the church. He persecuted believers. That means anything you do to the body of Christ, you are doing it to Christ. If you treat the body of Christ right, you are treating Christ right. If you treat the body of Christ wrong, you are treating Christ wrong. Don't be driven by that ambition. No. So, don't bring to difficulty or opposition to someone. Then verse 5. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. <laughs> the reason Jesus said, I am he who you persecuted is because Jesus and the church is one. Jesus and the church is one. So you are called into oneness with the Father, with Jesus. Jesus, you are in oneness with Jesus and Jesus is in oneness with you. So the moment you are born again, you are called into the family of God. You treat one another. You treat one another the way Christ would treat you. So it means we are all one. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So anyone persecuting the Christians is persecuting Jesus. Anyone insulting the church, you are insulting the church. You are saying he words about the church. You are insulting Jesus and you are saying he word about Jesus. So anywhere you see the believer in Christ, you see Jesus there. Praise God. I said, praise God. Verse um, 13 of that same chapter. 
For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So we are Christ's body. We are the body of Christ. So when we honor one another, who are we honoring? Who are we honoring? <laughs> you know, there are many people who, who, who are just somewhere, they are thinking of ways to destabilize the church. They are, there are evil people who are on their knees daily that the church closes down. I mean, I've heard of stories in town. And, and, and then I was invited into this community of pastors. And, um, and um, you know, I was given an opportunity and a privilege to, to, to lead some prayers. And uh, some other pastors. And a certain pastor came and looked at me and looked at me and looked at me and raised a prayer point. And he said, every church that is not preaching what we preach. What are you waiting for? Close down. <laughs> Praise God. It is churches like this, you pray that, that they stand and stand firm. And of course, you know, God does not have time in answering those kind of prayers. Praise God. So whatever you do to the church, whatever you say about the fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, who are you doing it to? To Jesus. Look at, um, I think we'll close with this. We'll close with this. Amen. 1 Corinthians 8.1. Now, as touching things offer unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge perfect up, but charity edify it. Listen, saint. Some brothers or sisters in church don't know what you know. And you don't let what you know become a stumbling block to them. There are brothers or sisters in church that are weak. So your knowledge should not be a yardstick to make them sin. Am I communicating here? I will start from here next Sunday. Look at verse 8. But meat, commend, but meat commended us not to God, for neither for we, if we eat, are we the better, neither if we eat not, are we the worse. So, there are things we are to avoid for the sake of others. There are things... You have the knowledge, but there are things you shouldn't do for the sake of other believers. Hence, you are leading them to sin. You are leading them to, to stumble. Have somebody, oh, it's because they are not growing. It's because they are not growing. That's why they are fighting this thing. It's because they are not growing. No, 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 no. You are the one who is immature in handling the relationship that you are now in. Yeah. Because we take responsibility for one another. You don't say, I, I, I'm going to go into this house of, you know, where they are worshiping idols and I'm eating everything because there's no God anywhere. But there are believers who may be watching you who don't have that same maturity or knowledge that you have. For their sake, you don't do so. Praise God. I said, praise God. Are you still here with me? <laughs> I mean, doing it or not doing it doesn't mean it is a sin. 
in itself. But if we do it not considering others, that is when it becomes a sin. That is when it becomes a sin. Look at verse 9. He said, but take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. It means you have made someone else sin. <laughs> you know, it means you have made someone else sin. Praise God. <laughs> For if any man see the which as knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be embodied to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when you sin so great, uh, so against the brethren, you see, against the brethren, and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Ye sin against Christ. Because of your knowledge, you are causing another brother to sin. So there's a way we handle this relationship. There are things we cannot do because of our fellow brothers and sisters. There are some things we should avoid because of our fellow brothers and sisters. Rise on your feet and just pray. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope your soul has been truly enriched. More video and audio teachings are available on our website, www.ChristRehobothChurch.com. Follow our social media pages and check us out on Facebook, Kingsley Agu Ministry, and on YouTube, Kingsley Agu Ministry.